Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Wonderful to be back with you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great week. Hope your language learning is going according to plan. Uh, mine isn't really. <laughs> I've been too busy to even think about language learning. Actually, that's not true. I have been um, revisiting my Italian, actually. It's funny. I, as long-term listeners of the podcast will know, I uh, I learned Italian this summer. Spent three months intensively learning. You know, every day I was doing, I, I was studying. And then um, I, I went to Venice at the end of September, recorded my finale video, and I was super pleased with myself. Come a long way. But then all kinds of stuff kind of just, happen and and um i i i removed my focus from that from that task of like learning italian every day it, it became it stopped becoming the thing that i did every day and i kind of woke up and before i knew it two months had passed when i'd hardly spoken a word of italian and it was a uh, quite a an interesting reminder for me actually just how easy it is to stop learning and to stop studying a language if you're not, if you don't have that kind of intention of saying, this is what I do every day. Uh, so in my case, like, you know, that this project over the summer, I'd set myself this time frame, these three months, right? And so because of that time frame and that goal that I had, it was uh, straightforward enough for me to say, okay, every day, you know, when I wake up in the morning, the one thing that I do is, I study Italian. That's simply what I do. I've made that decision. But as soon as you that goal doesn't you know have that goal anymore, in my case, that those three months ended, and I was honestly looking forward to a bit of a break because it is quite intensive to do that kind of learning. Um, but again, it's so easy just to literally flick the switch and stop altogether. And so I've kind of caught myself, um, and I started speaking again last week. So I got on I got on Skype and I started. I had a couple of uh, a couple of sessions speaking Italian. I also in, in the uh, in my office in London there is a a guy actually a guy from Malta but speaks very good Italian because in, in Malta they grow up listening to a lot of Italian, and so I've been speaking with him in Italian. I'm just listening to a couple of podcasts, you know, just trying to get back up and running because uh, I, I I I did have this kind of scary feeling that if I didn't kind of uh, make the have the intention of actually properly learning a little bit every week, I could easily, very easily just forget it all or just start to mix it up with Spanish again or something like that. And so, yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a wake up call. Um, you know, I've often said in the past that in order to make a language stick to the point where you don't forget it, you've got to get it up to a B2 level. And I think in some respects, my Italian was, you know, kind of bordering that B2 level, at least in terms of fluency, you know. But I think there's a lot of fundamental stuff I, I didn't learn during those three months, which is fine because you, you do learn that stuff eventually and naturally anyway. But having said that, I think I might I might kind of adapt this, this thing that I say about reaching B2 to never forget the language. I think you need to reach B2, but you also need to spend a fair amount of time doing it. Because uh, although I could express myself at a B2 level, I think, in, in, in Italian, um, I just hadn't spent enough time with the language for it to really become part of me. I was still thinking quite a lot. 
Now you might say, well, only three months studying two or three hours every day, that's quite a lot of time. And it is, but I'm talking more about like duration of time, not the number of hours per day, but how many months or years have you been using the language? I think there is a, a big time equation there. Um, so anyway, that's what I've been thinking about. I've also got another aim, another big goal for for next year, language-wise. But I think I'll, I'll share that with you maybe in the next episode of the podcast. Today, I want to talk a little bit about translation, everyone's favourite word. Actually, gra- I thought grammar was everybody's favourite word. That's what I've been saying. Well, tra- translation is another one. And I think translation is an area of lots of misconceptions. And this has come about recently because of, of Grammar Hero, which I've been telling you about in the last few episodes and um, I've obviously, like, if you've been listening to what I've been saying about grammar, I, I would kind of hope that it's fairly obvious why translations are not what you want to be using when you're reading and listening to the kind of stories that we have in Grammar Hero. Hopefully that should be self-evident. But to be honest, a surprising number of people have actually kind of come back to me and said, Ollie, why do you not have translations in Grammar Hero? And so I thought I would dive into this topic a little bit today and address that directly. Before I do so, I want to thank the sponsors of the show, italki, of course, who have been helping me directly getting my uh, my Italian back up to uh, to full speed. I jump on italki, I book lessons and, and have conversations in Italian, and it is fantastic. I recommend you do the same with your languages. If you want to get a free lesson with any teacher from italki you can go well not any teacher actually i I don't know if all do all teachers offer trial lessons on italki i'm not sure actually certainly the ones that i look for uh do (laughs) so i suggest you look for ones who do have trial lessons anyway you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson and that will send you to a page where you can get uh, enough credit to have a couple of trial lessons with a couple of well a trial lesson with a couple of teachers at least I'm not being very precise with my wording today. I guess it's because it's early over here and I haven't warmed up yet. All right then. So should you use translations when you're reading? I'm going to talk about translation here in the context of of reading. Uh, obviously, there are lots of different situations where translations can apply. But let's use the context of reading. And specifically, I'm going to be referring to Grammar Hero. And Grammar Hero, in case this is your first <laughs> time listening to the podcast... What you have in Grammar Hero is a number of stories which are written to showcase specific bits of grammar. So you uh, you get a lot of, of, of intense exposure to the tricky grammar of your target language in context, right? So the reason I mention that is because the point of this kind of activity is that you want to be getting used to grammar. We don't want to be studying the rules anymore. We want to be seeing that grammar used in real life, in real context. Okay, so this is the this is the this is the, fr- the sort of frame in which we need to think about translation. Now, so is this a good thing when you're reading in general? Should you use translation? Because this doesn't really apply just to grammar here. It can apply to anything, any novel that you pick up, any blog post that you read on the internet. So first things first, translation the fact that you translate in your head is inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, really, I mean, even when you're very advanced, but certainly up until you get you reach an advanced level, you're always going to be translating certain things in your head. It's just it's a natural part of language learning when your kind of big main frame of reference for communication and for meaning is your mother tongue. 
right? That's the elephant in the room. You've got your mother tongue there. That's how you make sense of the world. And so with any foreign language, you're going to refer back to that in order to make sense of what's going on. So translation is going to happen. And translations can obviously be very useful for for certain practical things. There are translations which are kind of given to you on a plate. But another form of translation is translation as an activity. So, for example, consider the difference between opening up a parallel text, you know, where you have the target language on one side and the translation in English on the other. In that situation, the translation is kind of given to you on a plate. It's there for you to refer to. But translation as an activity is where you might translate something yourself in order to get some benefits from from that activity. Okay, so we've got two kind of translations, translations which are served to you on a plate and then translation as an activity. Now, I'm going to talk about both of those, but really the most important kind of big umbrella concept here, when we're, whenever we're discussing something like this, you know, is translation useful, are songs useful, uh, whatever, you've got to ask yourself about the point of the activity and what you're trying to achieve. And this is absolutely key. There's no, there's no good answering the question, is translation a good thing, without considering what you're trying to achieve with the activity. And I think many people, when they set about doing something, whether it's an activity from a textbook or something that their teacher tells them to do, they think very carefully about the activity itself, but they don't necessarily dig deeper and think to themselves, well, what am I trying to achieve here with the activity? And this is where I think experience of teaching becomes particularly useful, because when you are, you know, if you're a trained teacher, then you spend most of your time actually thinking about what you're trying to achieve with the activities. You know, first you decide what you're trying to achieve, your aim, and the activity then slots into that concept, right? So when is translation useful? The kind of translation that's served up to you on a plate? Well, you might need to understand an important piece of information. Like you might have an official document in another language that you need to understand. And uh, in that sort of situation... Understanding is more important than the language activity, right? So if you if you get a letter from the police in another language, you you, you want to know <laughs> what what they're saying. You don't really care about the the, uh, the the language activity. You need to make sure you understand what's in it. So translation is very useful for you there. If you are, let's say that you want to read a a novel in another language. Uh, so let's say that I want to read a Murakami novel, for example, 1Q84, one of my favourite novels. Let's say I wanted to read that in the original Japanese. Now, the fact is that my Japanese is nowhere near good enough to understand a Murakami book in Japanese. (laughs) I wouldn't stand a chance. Um, So my only way to actually try to deal with and benefit from and and get anything out of the Japanese text is to have a translation of it that I could read at the same time. And these are often called parallel texts, right? Most, many bookshops have got these um, and you, you've got the, 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 the one page of the novel in the target language. And then on the opposite page, on the other side of the spread, you've got the, the, the translation into English. Now in that situation, if that's what you want to achieve, if your aim is just to understand that novel, then the translation is going to be pretty handy. Now, I happen to not recommend you do that for as a language learning activity, but, but I won't get into why now. Um, 
the but it it would be useful if you have decided that your aim is to understand that novel for whatever reason because from just for pure pleasure because you love that novel because you want to just see what it's like in the target language okay in that situation only then the translation is very useful now when would translation be useful as an activity well one of my favorite activities and i've made videos about this and you can find on on youtube uh is what i call reverse translation it's not what I call reverse translation. <laughs> it's, it's known as reverse translation in in teaching circles. And this is when, you know, you would do this when your aim is, again, your overall aim is that you want to practice expressing concepts in different languages. So let's say you're learning French and you want to, you want to, there are certain things that you want to express in French. Maybe you want to, I don't know, you want to practice, um, expressing yourself in the future or talking about things in the past or or whatever it whatever it may be what you what you do in this activity is you take a block of text that is useful for whatever you're trying to learn you translate that into english yourself and then you cover up the original and translate it back into your uh, your target language okay so it's kind of two-way translation you translate it from the target language into english and then back to the target language and what this does is it kind of uh, it exposes the gaps in your knowledge because the, the thing that you end up with your translation back into the target language you can compare that to the original and then you can see very quickly where you made mistakes where your version differed so that is very helpful for practicing specific concepts in the target language or for exposing the gaps in your knowledge so that's translation as an activity. Okay, so we've looked at translation served up to you on a plate. We've looked at translation as an activity. But I think, in my experience, more often than not, translation as part of your language learning is actually pretty damaging. Now, I don't know really whether I should use the word damaging or whether I should use the word holding you back. I think in the first instance, translation just simply holds you back. But if you do it for long enough, then it can become damaging because you can just end up using translation as a crutch. And this is the case, you know, whether you're you're learning a language with with apps that have translations, whether you're relying on parallel texts or translations in your textbooks or or whatever, whatever it may be. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that in this whole discussion here, where you our kind of frame is the the kind of material that is in Grammar Hero, my my course. But more broadly, the aim of, of of Grammar Hero and what I'm talking about here, and this is what I think we should, most of us should be spending most of our time doing, is getting immersion in the target language, it's spending time in the language. I mentioned earlier that I learned Italian this summer. The only thing I did when I learned Italian was to spend time with the language, reading and listening. And you'll know if you're familiar with what I talk about, that the real key to making that work is to choose material at your level, right? Because if you choose stuff that's too difficult for you, like the Murakami book I mentioned earlier, you can't understand a thing, so you're kind of wasting your time. If you can find stuff that's at the right level, that nice controlled immersion, then you can spend as much time as you want reading and listening, and you're going to be able to learn stuff. So if this is our aim, if the aim is to spend time in immersed in the language with material that is at our level, 
then the only thing that that having the translation is going to achieve is to make it easier for you. It's going to give you a way out. It's going to mean that you can quickly refer to the English whenever you come across any anything that you don't quite understand. Right? And let's be clear, people will sometimes say, like, if you've got the translation, you don't have to look at it, but come on, you do. We all know that we do. If the translation's there, the temptation to look at it is too great. And, you know, if you're not going to look at it, well, what, what's the point of having it in the first place? All right, so translation is the kind of obvious enemy of immersing yourself in the language. Because the the way the t- the point at which you learn in this kind of immersion is through the struggle. If all you do is re- listen or read stuff that's that's really easy for you, then what's the point? You already know it. You, you're not going to learn anything. You should be you should be spending your time with stuff that's a little bit hard for you, and that means that inevitably there will be things you don't understand. If you guys have read my um, my short story books before, or if you're currently working with Grammar Hero, there will be things that you don't understand. I, I expect that. I, I hope that there are things you don't understand. <laughs> that, mean, that means you've got stuff to learn. But it's through the struggle. It's through reading it multiple times. It's through looking at the context to try and figure out what's going on. It is through that struggle directly that you learn. And that is why having the translation there is just counterproductive in in, in every sense. Now, you could argue that when you're finally done reading it and you ultimately understand everything, or or if you get completely stuck, then the translation is good to have. But in in my experience, the fact that you have it means you will just you will refer to it sooner than you need to. And honestly, like when you when there are things that you don't understand, that is absolutely fine, and we need to learn to be able to live with that. And often, in, you know, in the case of stories. What can happen often is that you move on and you read the next story and the next story and you and you come back eventually to the story that you struggled with a few days later or a few weeks later and you then you suddenly find, oh, that makes sense now because you just had a bit more time. I don't know what's happened. You've got more experience. Things have sunk into your brain a bit more, whatever it may be. Okay, so when you're aiming for this kind of controlled immersion, Translation is not going to do you any favours whatsoever. And so that's why in, in Grammar Hero, I didn't include translations because I don't want to deprive you of that struggle because it's that struggle that you're going to, that's going to help you learn. Like in the gym, when you're lifting heavy weights, you're struggling with the heavy weights, but that's exactly how you grow your muscles. So that's aiming for immersion. The next point where, where, where translation can be damaging is when the point of your activity, the thing that you're aiming to do, is to focus on fluency. So at this point, we're not aiming to to get everything right. We're not aiming to eliminate errors. We're just focusing on communication, fluency. Okay, Fluency in the sense of being able to convey your ideas and communicate. If that's your focus, then translation is not going to help you. Um, and it, it can be damaging. Because as part of fluency, if, if our aim is, is to have a successful conversation where we communicate then mistakes don't matter, right? We are aiming to get our ideas across and we can get our ideas across without being completely accurate. And often when we set out to be completely accurate, that's what directly makes us less fluent because we are so focused on on the, on the our errors, on our grammar, whatever, that we, that, that we end up stumbling, we end up hesitating. And so 
practicing fluency, practicing conversations, practicing successful communication is a really important part of language learning. And having translation or having translation in there in any part is only going to stop you from from doing that. Even when you know you're talking to someone and there's something you don't understand, you don't want them to translate into English. No, you want to find another way through the conversation, another path through the forest. How often are you talking and then you know the person sees that you don't understand and, and then they tell you it in English, or you even ask them to say that bit in English? Don't do that. The mo- one of the most important skills you can develop is the ability to what's called negotiate for meaning. And negotiating for meaning is when there's a gap where you don't understand each other, but you you press on and you try and find another way to get the message across. Because when you learn to do that, you're learning to cope. Okay, and this is the third point, uh, which which is improving your ability to cope with the language, to operate in the language. So in that example I just gave, where there's something that you don't understand, communication breaks down. The easiest thing in the world is just to ask for it to be translated into English. But actually, if you can develop the skill to to figure out what's being said somehow in this conversation, even though it's difficult, even though you're kind of it might be awkward or you might be nervous or you might be completely stuck. The more you can, the, the people who figure out how to get through those situations are the people who very quickly become fluent because they just learn to get by. They learn to, to, to cope in the language. And that is such an important, it's a fundamental skill. And uh, translation is the enemy of that. Okay, so what have we looked at here? We've looked at translation, obviously. We've talked about when translation can be useful, when it's handed to you on a plate. We've looked at translation as as an activity for example um, translating from a text into english and, and back again but then we've looked at all the situations where translation can be damaging and in general the, the the times when translation is damaging is when you've got a higher aim for your activity when you're aiming on immersion on when you're aiming for immersion you're aiming for fluency you're aiming to improve your ability to cope globally in the language. In all of those situations, translation is going to hold you back and eventually damage you because it's it's a crutch that you need to you need to learn to walk without crutches as it were. Okay? And so for all of those reasons, that is why if you are, if you have been learning with Grammar Hero and you for example and you're wondering why there's no translations, that is why. Uh, one of my pet hates about apps to to shift the conversation slightly. Um language learning apps, is that they try and make everything too easy for you. You know, the whole kind of Duolingo phenomenon of fl- flashing lights and and trophies and owls and things like that. The apps, apps try to give you the impression that it's easy. They try and make everything easy for you. And that is the fatal flaw in all of the, these, these language apps. Because language learning is not easy. And the, the, the precise point at which you learn and grow is when you struggle. So I am making you struggle. That's <laughs> I want you to struggle. All right? And I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> I, I want you to struggle. I'm going to make you sweat. Because eventually you will thank me for it. I promise. <laughs> all right, then. That's all for now. Rant about translations over. If you'd like to ask me a question in the next episode, well, very soon at least, we're going to get back to uh, answering questions from you because that's my favorite thing in the world, go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask, A-S-K, and you can leave me 
some a voicemail question and I will reply to that. I'll play it here on the on the podcast and I will reply to to the question. Uh, that's the whole point of the of the show. Most of the time, uh, apart from days like today when I just <laughs> I just go off on a rant. And um, at the end of every episode, of course, I like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And you may have heard me, you will have heard me, in fact, mention reverse translation a couple of times during this episode. This is the bit where, this is the activity where you take a passage of text in the language you're learning, you translate it into English, and then you translate it back into the language. And I've actually recorded a video that shows you exactly how to do that. I walk you through uh, what to do, what kind of text to choose, how long they should be, and um, give you an example of me doing that in another language. So if you'd like to see that video, please hop on over to the show notes. I will teach you a language.com forward slash episode 289. And I will put that video there for you to have a look at. Thanks very much for listening. And I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a, a, a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free, and if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course.